you're a stepmom, you may be able to relate to what Laura Petherbridge is describing here. You'd be amazed at the number of stepmoms that have contacted me, emailed me, and said, when I pull in the driveway of my home and I know the stepkids are there, I feel exactly the same way as I did when I would pull into my home when I was married to an abusive husband. So that's that kind of fear that is triggered in them. It's that same feeling of I'm out of control. There's people here who are hurting me. I feel ostracized. I feel lonely. I I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, and I'm going to retreat. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. What do you do when you're a stepmom and the thought of going home makes you tense up We're going to talk about that today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. Have you ever thought about the fact that in a lot of cartoons, the character that is the personification of evil is a stepmother. You ever thought about that? I mean, <laughs> I haven't. Cinderella, it's the wicked stepmother in, uh, what was it, Sleeping Beauty, I think, a wicked stepmother. And and I don't know how it got into our literature and our popular culture to be that way, but uh, nobody thinks, gee, the stepmom, she's the noble person. We've, we've got this stereotype of the wicked stepmother. I, you know, it causes me to wonder if those... Uh if those fairy tales were written by someone who grew up in a home mm. where they had a stepmom. Mm. And maybe that's the best word they could use to describe their stepmother. Well, we have the authors of uh, a brand new book called The Smart Stepmom. Not the wicked stepmom, no, the smart no, stepmom. No, but one of our authors described herself as a wicked stepmother. Laura Petherbridge. she's the one who did that. Did I you, did. You described yourself. <laughs> I did. I'm very honest. I've never really... <laughs> Ever introduced a guest <laughs> since we started this in 1992, Bob. As we want to welcome our wicked, we, the wicked stepmother. Uh, here she is on Family Life Today. And Ron Deal joins us. I'm not sure how to introduce you, Ron. <laughs> but you both have a lot of experience in this area of step parenting. And, and I just, let, let's talk about that for a second. You mm-hmm. referred to yourself. In fact, you thought you'd never become yeah. the wicked stepmother. Yes, it really, um, it sounds bad, but it's really, the reason I put that in the book is because I want other stepmoms to understand that it's normal to feel that way. Mm -hmm. I can remember looking in the mirror one day thinking, what have I become? You know, because I was feeling so wicked about all the issues that we were dealing with as a family and some of the emotions I was having towards my stepkids. Like what? Well, just some days wishing that their mother would move to another state and I wouldn't have to see them for six months. You know, they're, they're, I mean, it's a terrible thing to even say. But if I'm being totally honest and I'm speaking for a lot of stepmoms that contact me, their desire is that the stepkids would move far, far away. So you just wouldn't have to deal with it all so, the time. So you want them out of your life. Exactly. Exactly. And I know that sounds very unchristian. It doesn't sound very loving. But if we're being honest... That is often the thought that is going across the stepmom's mind is this is so much more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Maybe if they just weren't here, it wouldn't be so difficult. You know, 
I don't think I've ever admitted this on Family Life today, but I think Barbara and I had some days with our kids. I if, was thinking the same thing. If there had been a box to have checked, <laughs> could there be a chance of our kids moving away for maybe six hours? There, you know, maybe it wasn't six months. There were but, times when we sent them off to summer camp and just said, thank you, Lord, for summer camp. Yeah. Just for a little breather here. But I can I can really understand, Laura, although I, I obviously have never been a step-parent, I can understand how that would create all kinds of guilty feelings and shame that you even have the thought. Absolutely, because I think as a biological parent, when you think that, there's a part of you that knows that's a little bit normal, but as a stepmom... There's a part, in particular, if you're a Christian, there's a feeling inside of you that that you know you don't love these children in exactly the same way you either love your own children or you love your own family members, and there's a guilt that goes along with that. So it's different than the biological parent, you know, being glad that the kid's going off to camp because it's just a different family dynamic. And I think part of this guilt is rooted in self-blame. Stepmoms are really hard on themselves. Yes. As Laura and I did the research for this book and talked with stepmoms, and uh, we we developed a team of step moms who, who advised us about different aspects of the book. Uh, that's one of the things we heard over and over and over again. And in my counseling with step families is this sense of blame. Stepmoms try so very hard. And if they keep kind of beating their head against a wall and can't quite get into a child's heart or can't quite figure out how to deal with the power issues and being a parent and so on, they really, really struggle. And oftentimes they just feel so isolated and alone. They don't know what else to do. They kind of blame themselves. Mm -hmm. Here's a scenario I imagine, and tell me if this is kind of a typical scenario. Uh, A woman who either has her own children or uh, maybe she's never been married, but she is met this guy. She's in love with the guy. They've started dating. She's met the kids. Mm. She likes the kids. They seem to like her. They've done some fun stuff together. The kids have affirmed her. They've said some really sweet things to her. And as she and the guy are thinking about getting married, she goes, you know, I know this is going to be challenging, but I really think this is going to work. And and so she's hopeful. She has a lot of uh, hope for what's coming up. And really, that's rooted in the idea that dating is going to be reflective of actual married life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think one of the cruelties of this for many people is that dating is inconsistent with step family or first family, the the dating yeah. relationship and, <laughs> That's the, right. and the marriage. It's not a real picture of a relationship. No, exactly. Yeah. But I, let me let me jump ahead now. The mom is married mm-hmm. to the husband, and all of a sudden the kids are not acting the way they were acting during the courtship phase. Mm-hmm. In fact, she's seeing anger in them she's never seen before. They're they, it's, it feels to her like they're starting to sabotage the marriage, trying to come between her and and her husband. And this job of step-parenting is much harder than she ever imagined it was going to be. And she's wondering, I don't know that I'm cut out for this. I don't know that I can do this mm-hmm. and do it well. Is that fairly – have sure I described is. it? It sure is. And one of the things that, that you're mentioning, which is very realistic, is that the stepmom thinks that – the children will just continue to embrace her and that they will want a new mother. But in reality, in particular, if there's been a divorce, when a parent remarries after a divorce, it kills the dream for children that their parents will reconcile. Mm. So part of the reason children are so resistant to a new step-parent is that the all of a sudden— trap, The parent trap isn't going to happen. That's the way it absolutely yeah. right. You are never—this is the reality. Now daddy cannot go back to mommy because he's got a new wife. Mm. In, in effect, the new marriage is another loss. 
Yes. For the children, stacked upon the, the, the previous losses that they've had. I think one of the things that we really try to help stepmoms understand in this book is that if you're a stepmother, you're a grief counselor. Mm-hmm. Because you and yourself, you're going to have go through some losses, but the children that you're helping to raise, and if you have your own biological children, everybody goes through some transition that basically represents loss, and that's tagged on top of the losses that got you into the situation, whether the biological mother passed away or there was a divorce. Um, you're a grief counselor. The loss is just going to be carried right into the new family experience on through the years. It's not just going to dwindle down and go away. It's going to be there for the duration. Well, I just have to ask at this point, given what we've just laid out, should anybody even try this? You know, there's part of me that goes, Sure. we're talking about one of the most complicated, Mm -hmm. difficult assignments Mm. could be handed to somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do this at your own risk. Or or should anybody, should you just leave well enough alone and and not try to make this happen? Bob, you said a key word there, risk. I I truly believe that well, life is a risk in a sense, and marriage is a risk. You know, I always tell people you're always working on your marriage because your marriage is always working on you. Right. I mean, God uses it to, to disciple us, to train us, to refine us. And the same thing is going to be true of a stepmother experience. She's going to encounter some things she didn't count on. She didn't know she was going to need grace for. And it's going to transform her and deepen her love and her ability to walk with grace if she'll listen and learn from the experience. But we do want people to have their eyes open. And I, I think it's an interesting notion to tell people who are dating that as a single parent, it's a legitimate option to stay single, mm. to raise your kids, um, and to do a good job with that. And, um, but the step-parent experience can also be incredibly rewarding for people. Oftentimes, they have to travel a bit of a journey before mm. they get to the rewards. And that's the encouragement we want people to realize. The risk does bring reward. The risk actually is seen in the statistics around the number of blended families that end in divorce. It's actually higher than first-time marriages. Definitely. And it goes up with every successive marriage. What exactly are the statistics, Ron? Well, the remarriage divorce rate is at least 60%. If we refine that to couples who are remarried with stepchildren, it's 66%, around two-thirds. So it goes up even higher. That's right. In a third marriage, according to the U.S. Census, the divorce rate is about 71%. So there are challenges that come with children being added to the marriage package. What I like to say is um, you know, it's one thing to be a couple. It's another thing to be a family. And if somebody is considering a blended marriage right now, they're listening and they go, this sounds really scary, then good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah. have, we have sobered them appropriately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If somebody's on the other side of the fence, they're already in a blended marriage and they're going, I knew it was hard. Mm-hmm. You guys are just confirming what uh, what I've already been experiencing. Well, good, because there is hope, Laura, when mm-hmm. somebody realizes, okay, I'm not atypical. What I'm experiencing as a step-parent is not unusual, right? Yes. One of the number one things that stepmoms say to me when they come to my workshop on this topic is, it's just so wonderful to be around other stepmoms that think and feel and have sharing that what I'm feeling is normal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just knowing that what we're feeling is normal, is there's a comfort in that. And so uh, th- that's absolutely true. And I think, too, the, the, the mistake is that we think 
that we learned from our past mistakes. So often, in particular, if you've been a divorced person and you're remarrying, you think, well, I learned how to do marriage from, you know, I learned what I did wrong from my first. And that's really untrue. We really do not learn from our mistakes unless we learn why we made those mistakes. And so it's not uncommon to go on and make those mistakes again. So it really is taking a good look in the mirror at why did I get into this marriage? And now what am I going to do? It's a complicated marriage. And for me, I had to get to a place where even though, I mean, there were times when I wanted to bail. I say that in the book. There were times I just wanted to run from all of it. And, you know, singleness was, I thought singleness wasn't too fun, but this is worse. <laughs> and um, so, so you're I, talking about bailing from the marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, there were moments when I thought, you know what? I'd just as soon go back to being single than dealing with all of this. And I had to get to a point of where I said, you know what? I made a vow before God, before my husband, that I am not going to get divorced again. And I I just prayed, Lord, you're going to have to teach me how to love these children and how to do this. I know that you can teach me. If I will look to you, you will give me the heart and the mind and the ability to do this if I will seek you on it. And um, and that's really where I had to, that was where it began, you know, the turning. And that's the risk. You see, what Laura said was, Lord, teach me. Mm-hmm. And she opened herself up to learning what she needed to learn in order to make the relationships work. That's one of the biggest risks. And you stop and you think about it. So many stepmothers are there and they've already been through a divorce themselves. They've already had some loss and tragedy in their life. And they've shut down from risk. They have gone into self-protection mode and they are no longer willing. I I can tell you that uh, in a a study um, I did with uh, Dr. David Olson that's given birth to another book that will be out at some point in the future, we found that one of the highest predictors of remarriages that come apart is fear. It's simply the unwillingness to endure risk, to learn, to grow, to be humbled by it, and to grow through it. But once you get afraid, once you begin to lock down, once you begin to say to yourself, you know what, in a remarriage, I don't know how to do that. There's a whole lot of risk involved with that. I think I'll go where I find safety mm-hmm. and security, and that's back into being single again or being a single parent again. Then all of a sudden, you've shut down, and there's no hope for the marriage. You'd be amazed at the number of stepmoms that have contacted me, emailed me, and said, when I pull in the driveway of my home, and I know the stepkids are there, I feel exactly the same way as I did when I would pull into my home when I was married to an abusive husband. So that's that kind of fear that is triggered in them. It's that same feeling of I'm out of control. There's people here who are hurting me. I feel ostracized. I feel lonely. I I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. So she's really needing her spouse, her husband, to come alongside her, the father to come alongside and help her with this process because they are his children. If they were her children, she could set certain boundaries with them that's a little bit easier. But because it's his children, he's going to have to partner with her in order to get whatever's going on in the home that she feels so such so much fear going in there. He's going to have to, they're going to have to work together as a team to get rid of that fear, that uh, abusiveness that is going on there. Because alone, she really does not have the power without him beside her because they're not her biological children. So the first principle is that cannot be allowed to happen. Absolutely. The, the, the father in that situation has got to take charge. Now, I'm going to assume because it's gotten to that point that he is not taking charge, that he is not an engaged father, but he's passive and he's letting things happen. 
for whatever reason. And, and I'm not thinking here of a stepmom who's in a necessarily physically abusive environment, but in an environment where she tries to implement change, she tries to follow through with, with her role as a stepmother, but she gets sabotaged by her husband or what else happens in the home. One of the things we talk about in the book is what we call politely resigning. I mean, it's, it's a very difficult thing to throw a mother into a place um, where she is responsible for getting the kids to pick up their room, take care of their stuff, and do their chores. But every time she tries, they just say no. They go to appeal to dad. Dad says, hey, it's not a big deal. She's stuck. And one of the things she can do is say, you know, to her husband, um, I, I think it's time for me to no longer be responsible for getting them to make their beds. Uh, obviously that's not something that's important to you. And so I'm going to just back out of that. If you want them to make their beds, I'll let you handle that. And she politely resigns from trying to be an authority when she's not allowed to be the authority. Mm. And we hope what that would create is a little bit of a vacuum in the home. Dad walks around, notices nobody ever makes their bed and clothes are all over the place. And dad decides to get motivated to create this change. Then something can happen. But until then, until he's motivated, she's going to have a difficult time. There is one big issue, and we don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but if there's if there's something that's keeping uh, dad from getting involved, it may just be his passivity, but it may also be this overwhelming sense of guilt that he carries around with him. I put these kids in this position through the failure of my first marriage. If, if I had done better, I and it's almost like he's thinking, I've got to let them act out the way they're acting out uh, because I bear the responsibility. How does dad get past that? He has to walk straight through guilt, straight into his fear that somehow um, putting his wife into the front seat of his heart is going to cause his children irreparable pain and he's going to cause them more difficulty. He's, he's got to walk through that and act out of trust that that is the right thing to do, that eventually that will bring stability to his children's lives, even though initially it may bring some instability to their lives. So you're saying commitment to his wife. That's exactly right. Is the strongest gift he can give his children. That's exactly right. Now, initially, Dennis, and this is really important because I I don't want to convey an idea that that initial commitment is just going to be happiness for his children. It's probably going to create them some, some pain because they were the priority for many years, especially in the single parent years. And for him to say, you know what? Nope, Friday night's for my wife now. And we're going to go out on a date and show that commitment, express that commitment and include her in decision making. All of those things that will make children say, well, wait a minute, we came first. What are you doing? Do you love her more than you love us? He's got to understand that that will be an awkward transition for them and they may really resent it in the beginning. But the test of time will be that that provides stability for them. During that difficult transition is where a lot of men bail. Mm -hmm. It's where they don't follow through. And we don't want to convey that we're saying that the dad is supposed to neglect his children. He brought these children into right. the world, so he needs to stay connected with his children. And say, for instance, say Friday night is date night. Make sure then Saturday morning breakfast is with your kids. Mm-hmm. Have one-on-one time with those children, dad and just the kids, so that they can feel like they haven't completely lost their father to this new marriage. Very, very important for him to stay connected with those kids and to say, you know what, you've had me all these years, I realize this marriage has probably caused you some fear and some anxiety and feeling like you're maybe losing touch with me, but I'm going to promise you that I am going to love my new wife, but I am never going to leave your side. So it's important for dads to verbally communicate that the new wife 
is not replacing the children, and he's got to spend time with the kids to do that. You know, I'm listening to both of you here, and I know Bob's thinking the same thing at this point. There have to be those who have heard heard you talk about this now, and they're listening to all the costs that come with a blended family, and they're in a first-time marriage right now, and they're considering divorce. We want them to stay in that marriage. I want you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to trade this one in for a better one. Mm-hmm. You may think it's a better one, but let me tell you something. There's a reason why the statistics are higher for a second-time marriage with children. The degree of difficulty increases significantly, and it doesn't matter how much emotional bonding you may feel to somebody outside your marriage. It doesn't matter how good they make you feel or how bad your situation is right now in your first marriage. The degree of difficulty in establishing a blended family, a step-family relationship is exponentially higher than it is to get things right in in your first marriage. I have a pastor friend who gives first-time married couples my previous book, The Smart Step Family, and makes them read it so that they will be mm. even more determined to make their first marriage work. There you go. And, and the point of all this is you need to figure out a way to make your marriage work. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in a step family or not in one, you need the blueprints and I just want to exhort you, if you haven't been to the weekend to remember, uh, come. And if you went to one 10 years ago, trust me, it's time for a wheel alignment. It's time to change the oil. Mm-hmm. It's time to take a weekend away because you've changed. And you want to head this kind of this kind of drama off at the pass, Bob, and, and get folks equipped and trained because your marriage is worth it. Well, and we've got a number of Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaways still happening this month and next month as we wrap up our spring season. And if folks are interested in finding out about a Weekend to Remember that's coming to a city near where they live, that's easy. Just go to FamilyLifeToday.com and click on the link for the Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway. And you can get signed up for an upcoming event. Or if you want to look ahead to the fall and start to see where uh, you can attend a weekend to remember this fall. I noticed that we're going to be going to some nice places this fall. There's one in Yosemite, California. One in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Got some some nice locations where the weekend to remember is being held this fall. So again, go to FamilyLifeToday.com. Click on the link for the weekend to remember and plan to join us at one of these weekend to remember marriage getaways. And while you're on our website, uh, get more information about the resources we have available for step families. Uh, Ron Deal has got a number of resources, including his classic book, The Smart Step Family. We also have copies of the book that Ron and Laura Petherbridge have written together called The Smart Step Mom. And you can go to FamilyLifeToday.com for more information about how to order either of those books. Again, our website, FamilyLifeToday.com. Or call toll-free 1-800-FL-TODAY and ask for information about the Step Family resources that we have available. Or again, if you need information about the Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway, you can ask for details when you call 1-800-FL-TODAY. And we hope you can be back with us again tomorrow. Laura Petherbridge is going to be here again along with Ron Deal. We're going to talk about how a stepmom should relate to her stepkid's biological mom, How do you deal with some of those challenges? We'll talk about that and other things tomorrow, so I hope you can be here. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. See you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today.
Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.